Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me week after week after week. To my existing subscribers, you know that I love y'all. And to my new subscribers, thank you so much for just dropping in and taking a listen to little old me today. Listen, today is a special one because we hit 500 downloads earlier this month. And I am so excited about that. Not only that, this is the season finale. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last episode of the season. So what I wanted to do was go over the top three episodes, just kind of unpack some of the things and really unpack one episode in particular that really made me have to go back and self-reflect and do all those things. And then lastly, what I wanted to do is just tell the rest of my story. I have to be honest with y'all. When I first started this podcast, I gave y'all a piece of my story, but today I'm gonna give you the full story and also let you know what direction the podcast is about to head in. I'm so excited for all of it. But this is the thing, right? You learn, you revamp, and you just keep doing it till you feel like you have it the way that you want it to be, that it's giving what it's supposed to give. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so without further ado, let's hop right into it. Okay, so let me start this by saying that at the time of the 500 downloads, those are the three episodes that I'm going to cover The latest episode or the episode from last week actually bumped all the way up to the top. So I'm gonna unpack that one as well. And I'll still go through the one that really had me like really self-reflecting and doing doing all the things, okay? Doing all the things because I really don't even have any words because I still have to process it sometimes. So here we go. The top three... Number three was episode number six, It's Okay. And in that episode, I talked about being okay with telling people I'm not okay. Being okay with telling people that I need help. Being okay with telling people that you hurt my feelings. Being okay with telling people that I know that you see me in maybe this one particular way, but please understand that today I don't have it. Today, I don't feel strong. Today, I don't feel happy. Today, I'm just, I'm just not there. I'm not with it. And it seems like that resonated with quite a few people. And I think it's because 
part of the thing that I talk about every once in a while is the strong woman and the strong woman complex. And for us as, um, for some of us black women in particular, it's like we constantly have the cape on. We're constantly on go mode. We're constantly trying to save people. We're constantly trying to be on top of things. We're just on, 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 on. And the problem with that is it gets tiresome and that can become an extremely heavy burden to carry. And I liken it to Superman. Superman was also Clark Kent, okay? And Clark Kent was on more so than Superman was. And I think that's something that we, you know, that we kind of have to take into consideration that we don't have to put on this front all the time to say that we're okay. Like we can, we need to be straight up honest with people to say, I just don't have it. I don't have it today. And I'm probably not going to have it for you tomorrow. Give me a minute. Let me rest. Let me recoup. Let me get back to you. So that way I can come to you from a better headspace. So that was episode number six, It's Okay. And number two was Living Authentically with my sis Candace Bird. And that was such an awesome conversation, which was episode number three, by the way. And that was such an awesome conversation because literally it was about you showing up Just being authentically you. I think a lot of times we tend to show up in the space to where we try to put on a front. We try to do an impression like we're going on some kind of job interview when we meet people. But you cannot keep that up. As a matter of fact, it's too complicating to keep it up and it's too difficult and nobody wants to go through all of that. And if you feel like you're quirky, if you feel like you're weird, whatever it is, show up as you be weird, be quirky and let people accept you for who you are. And then that way you don't have to go around being exhausted because you feel like people are not accepting you for the space that you're in, accepting you for who you are. And Candace said, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. And that's exactly what it is because I think Sometimes we can really tire ourselves out trying to be something that we're not. And she calls it removing the mask. We have a mask on for our our coworkers. We have a mask on when we go to this place. We have a mask on when we go to that place. And it gets exhausting and it gets confusing. Like, okay, well, what mask am I going to put on today? Don't wear one. Show up exactly who you are and allow people to accept and love you for who you are and what you bring to the table. Sometimes what confuses people is they assume that when you first show up, that is you. And then when you change to who you actually are, they're thrown back because they're like, wow, she's acting so different than what she was when I first met her. Like, is she going through something or what's going on here? So I think we just do ourselves a disservice when we don't show up as who we are authentically. But again, that's something that we're learning every day. That's something that I'm even learning every day that I have to show up authentically because the problem with that is sometimes when we show up as ourselves with a mask on, we then inherently show people how to treat us or we inherently are telling them that we didn't feel that we were good enough at the first visitation 
But now that I'm comfortable, now I can show you who I actually am. No, no. Let's show them who we are up front so that way we know right off rip if somebody accepts us on day one, then those are some people that we can hang out with. Those are people that we can spend our time with. Those are people that will not exhaust us. Those are people that will not drain us because they appreciate who we are and they appreciate exactly everything it is that we bring to the table. And that's certainly one of the lessons that I definitely had to learn as I am making my way through this journey called life is that I have got to show up authentically and be just authentically me, be who I am. And I think sometimes that happens because depending on how you grew up, depending on your background, you may have been told that you need to be the strongest, the best, the fastest, the this, the that, the that, the that. And you basically kill yourself trying to prove that you're worthy. You kill yourself trying to fit in. You kill yourself trying to say, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. And then you end up unknowingly taking on the burden of someone or even something else or your employer is like, wow, she's on it. We don't even need to hire this extra person that we were going to hire because she's over here doing everything, everything. So let's show up. Let's make a pact. As a matter of fact, let's make a pact today that if we are not, that we will show up authentically from this day forward. If you wear your hair natural, wear your hair natural. If there was a certain dialect, a certain slang that you use, then use that. Allow people to appreciate you for your uniqueness and who you are, okay? And the top episode, number one, was episode number seven, Strong Woman, what is and who is the strong woman with my sis Nabeja Collier of her authentic journey? And this was also a really good conversation because Nabeja is actually the one who said, being strong, it's just a tool. You pick it up when you need it and you put it down once it's done. And unfortunately, we have used the term being strong as clothing, as perfume, as soap and water, like we're using it constantly all day, every day. And it seemingly has kind of put us in a mode where we have become a martyr. We're putting everyone's needs above our own. We may even be slacking on our boundaries. We might even be allowing people's lack of planning to become our emergencies. We are too busy trying to keep others from failing or falling and then that becomes our business. And before you know it, we're running to and fro. We've planned so little time in our day for ourselves that we're not eating correctly. We're not exercising correctly. We're not, we're not even taking time out for ourselves as strong women, which is why I came up with the dream method that I spoke about earlier, which was if you find yourself in a situation, sis, you have got to get your life back and quickly because the way that you teach others 
the other little girls that are looking at you, you've got to be healthy when you do this. And when you're not healthy, they pick up those unhealthy habits. And if a child has never seen her mother show any kind of emo, well, I'm not going to say mother. I'm going to say any female relative that carries this strong woman complex. If a child is growing up and they have never seen her cry, they have never seen her show any kind of emotion. They always see that she has it together. They always see that she is the one pulling everyone together so that everyone can be in sync. Then naturally she starts to think that that's how she should function and that's what she's supposed to do. And I think that it's good for us to be emotionally honest with people and show them all of our range of emotions and not just the stoic expression that we choose to show up in the world as day in and day out. And so the dream method that I had talked about was the D is you've got to drop the cape. You have to be vulnerable. And again, going back to episode six, it's okay to say that you're not okay. So you have to be vulnerable and say, I need help. And then the R is re-envision the life that you want. So often we go throughout life based on other people's expectations of us. So if we have a family member that expected us to go to medical school, then that would be the underlying reason why we chose to go to medical school, not because we had a passion for it or something like that, but it's because we knew that so-and-so wanted me to go to medical school and that's why I went. And then A is allow others to fail. We get so wrapped up sometimes in the future of others that we will make ourselves sick, worrying about them, trying to get them to the next level. And as the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot force them to drink. So once you have given them your advice, once you have told them what you feel is the best thing for them to do, sometimes you got to allow people to get bruised a little bit. And then I guarantee you they'll come back and they'll say, oh my gosh, you were right. What am I supposed to do now? Sometimes people just simply have to fall, take a good looking for a second, and then they'll come back and get it together faster than what you could ever do. E is establish boundaries. Like I was saying, sometimes we allow people's lack of planning to become our emergency. And this is especially true for those that are single because then it's like people assume that you have no life and that you don't have anything going on and then they may want you to take them there or take them here or watch their kids or do something like that. But once you have started to establish boundaries, once you have started to say what's okay, what's not okay, and the things that you will accept, you will start to find that you have a whole lot more time in your day. When I had first started my new job, I had a lot of family members asking me for money. A lot of family members asking me for money. And because of the person that I am, I am a natural helper. I love to help people. It's Just one of the things that I do, you tell me that you have a problem. Instantly, my mind is trying to think of a solution of how we can fix this. And it got to a point where it just started to get out of hand. 
And then I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a second. If I am giving all of these people money, what happens if I need money? Will they break their backs to make sure I have what I need? Will they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have it for you right now. What's going to happen to me if I don't have the money that I need? I'm probably going to be out of luck. So what I started doing is when they would call me and say, oh, can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? Or, oh, man, well, actually, this is what used to go down. I would get a sob story about maybe the car breaking down or some extra expenses that came up out of nowhere. And then naturally, what I used to do is I would jump right in, like, oh, my God, how much do you need? Let me help you. Let's do this. Let's do that. But I stopped doing that and I would just listen. And it kind of threw them for a while because then I wasn't just offering it up like I was before. So then they would say, well, I guess I'll, you know, um, find the money some way. And I'm like, man, I'm so sorry that's happened to you. That's so messed up. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anybody that you can call or, you know, let me know what happens, you know? But I had to get to a place where I could not allow my heart forgiving to then affect my future when I didn't when I didn't have it from the surplus that I needed to in order for me to give in the first place. So hopefully that makes sense if you get what I'm saying. Now, those were the top 3 episodes at the time that I re- that I noticed that I was over 500 downloads. The new number one episode is Healing from Grief with my sis Jasmine Johnson, who is an emotional wellness coach. And this was a great episode because we often consider grief just to be the death of a loved one. But grief could be the death of the life that you were expecting to have. Grief could be the death of a particular type of health status that you expected to be in. Grief can come in a lot of forms and it comes a lot of ways. And the number one takeaway that I took from that is when Jasmine said, we have to one, be emotionally honest. We have to feel what we feel and we have to understand that we cannot heal from what we fail to recognize. And that was such a powerful point to me because if you lie to yourself and tell yourself, I'm okay, I'm okay, no, that didn't affect me, no, I'm good, I can bounce back easy, no, it just rolled off my back, nothing happened, I'm good to go. All right, well, you failing to acknowledge it is still allowing that grief to fester in your mind, it's still allowing it to fester in your body. So until you are emotionally honest, And until you start to feel what you feel, that is then when you can really start to process your grief and heal from it in a proper way. Number one example I like to give about grief is when we are in our 20s, especially our 20s, but also our 30s, we expect to have life together. We expect to have this plan laid out. We expect to be financially set, financially savvy. 
We expect to have our own car by now. We expect to have our own house by now. We expect to have all the things by the time we are in our 30s. Then we get to our 30s and we realize we're not there for the goals that we set in our 20s. And then we start to get disappointed And then we start to get down on ourselves. And then we start to wonder what we've been doing with our lives. And then it just becomes this big, ridiculous pity party. And you're like, man, I've just been out here and I ain't been doing nothing. Nothing. Well, that, my friend, is grief. Because now you realize that whatever this goal is that you had for yourself, you didn't reach it. And now you have to process these emotions to figure out exactly what you're going to do. Were you playing around all of this time? Have you actually been doing what you're supposed to do and maybe it's just taking you a little bit longer to hit those goals or exactly what happened? We have to do a lot of introspection and we have to do a lot of self-reflection to see, all right, well, what went well? What didn't go well? Was I in my own way? Was somebody else in my way? Because we know that can happen too. Was somebody else in my way or... What do I need to do to proceed from here? So that was, that's the new top episode, episode number 15, Healing from Grief. But the episode that I have to say had by far the most impact on me. And I was like, oh my God, she is blowing my mind right now was Bernadette Jackson, episode 14, with Fatherless Daughters. Because when she came on the episode, I was anticipating that she would be talking about women whose fathers were not present, period. Not, I did not think that she would tell me that Fatherless Daughters was a spectrum. And the spectrum could range from Your father absolutely being there and being present all the way to not being absent at all. And then in between were people like myself where I only saw my father during the summer and I didn't really see him too much in between then. We talked, uh, we talked a little bit, but we didn't talk. It wasn't an everyday thing where I would be talking to my father every single day or see him every single day. Of course, technology is not what it is. It certainly probably could happen today, but that's not where technology was at the time. So I wasn't talking to him or interacting with him, of course, as frequently as I was during the summer. And then you have those who maybe they knew who their fathers were, but then maybe their fathers were just inconsistent and how they showed up. And when I tell you this this episode right here, <laughs> it was so many gems and it was so many nuggets in this particular episode. One of the takeaways that I took from this was the characteristics of a fatherless daughter. And she described her as someone who is a control freak has issues with being vulnerable, tends to be the caregiver in their group of friends, and they have like just this undying loyalty practically for family and friends. And when I tell you, when she put all them characteristics out, 
And every single last one of those stabbed me. (laughs) I said, oh, my, my, my. You know what? This explains a lot. It really explains a lot about me and some of my personality traits. Because again, I truly believe that you definitely kind of need to have that balance with your four children. They need to see the male and the female side. They need to see them interact. And so I only saw one side for one majority of the year. Then I saw the other side for the other majority of the, for uh, the piece of the year. And I really do definitely believe and agree that if there is not a man consistently in a little girl's life, it can definitely have an effect kind of on how she views things and how she sees things. And please believe me when I say that is not to say anything about my relationship with my father because I love the man to death, okay? Love him to death. I am a daddy's girl to the core and him and I have a fantastic relationship. But I do see that because I was not able to be around him for nine months out of the year, I can see how I would be able and how I could and would pick up some of these characteristics. Another great point that she made was compatibility versus capacity. And a lot of times our focus on a person is, are we compatible? Do we fit here? Do we fit there? But she was saying the better question is, do they have the capacity to be who you need them to be? Yes, you may be compatible, but compatibility only lasts but a short amount of time. But does this person have the capacity Do they have the capacity to be patient with you? Do they have the capacity to want to learn exactly who you are? Do they have the capacity to love you the way that you need to be loved? And that, that right there was a powerful point because you can be compatible with a whole lot of people. But the question, does that person have the capacity to love you the way that you need to be loved to love you when you show up as being your authentic self, to love you when you are trying to put down the cape of being the strong woman, to love you when you're saying, I'm not okay. The one that has the capacity to do that, that is the one. That's the one that you spend your time with. So, whew. Got a whole bunch of nuggets off that one. And like I said, I'm going to have to go back and even listen to that episode again because there was just so many nuggets and there was so much to unpack from those. So yeah, those were the top three within the 500. And then I talked about the new number one spot. And then I talked about the one that just made me do a whole bunch of self-reflection afterwards. So go back and listen to those. If you have not listened to those episodes, if you have not heard them before, please, please, please go back and listen to those. I guarantee you those will change your life and they will give you a different perspective, all right? 
So now the part that you've been waiting on, because in the beginning, I said, I didn't give you my complete story. I gave you a piece of it. All right. I gave you a piece of it. And the why. Let me give you the why first. And then I'll go into my story. And then I'll tell you kind of the direction of where the podcast will be headed for season two. I have mentioned this before. The why is my sister, my little sister. As I've said before, there is a 30-year age gap between us. And I've been trying to figure out what is the best way for me to chronicle things that I've gone through. What is the best way for me to say, look, sis, these are the things that I have gone through. And my God, if you can avoid some of the dumb stuff that I did, especially the dumb stuff, I think that you will be well on your way and you will far, far, far surpass me. But one of the things that I always want to emphasize, because I don't want people to think that this podcast is specifically geared for someone younger than me, because I do believe that experience is a far better teacher than age. So there are certainly some things that you could learn from me if you're 45 or maybe even 55 or because I've been married before, then I can give you advice about that versus someone who hasn't been there. Of course, someone can always walk you through a better path when they've been there before. But if they're just guessing it, it's just the blind leading the blind and that really doesn't do too much for you and what you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day. So like I said, the inspiration between all of this is my little sister, Candace. So now here's my story. As I've said before, and as I say in the intro, I followed this life formula. I followed the idea that if I make good grades, and if I go to school and get a good job, essentially my assumption was that everything would fall into place. And as I was watching the women in my family, I took on this strong black independent woman mantra. Was Were these things that they told me specifically? Maybe not. But is this something that I thought that I should be based off the interpretation that I saw of their actions? Yes. So there was a lot of things that I did trying to be strong, trying to be independent, trying to just go out here and be an adult and live life the best way that I knew how. And as I say in the intro, but there's always a better way. I just didn't know that there was a better way. And that is the purpose also behind this podcast. Not only is it for my sister, but it is to show that there can be a better way for us to just kind of go through this journey called life together. So the other part of the story that I want to bring out, because I did say that there was a lot of things that I feel like I missed regarding finances, regarding choosing my career, and even dating. So dating is the part that I want to pause at for a moment, all right? I believe that 
Dating determines the trajectory of who you marry. When I started dating, I felt that I had very good boundaries when it came to me in relationships. And if someone had done something that I felt crossed my boundaries or if I just had some kind of uneasy feeling, I would just get out of the relationship, wash my hands of it and say, thank you, sir. Have a good day. I think our time is up. When I got married, I could no longer do that. I couldn't just wash my hands or so I didn't believe anyway and just washing my hands and just throwing a marriage away without kind of putting up good effort and putting up a good fight. And for me, there were some red flags that I saw prior to marriage and it reared its ugly head throughout the duration of my marriage. And for the sake of keeping the peace and trying to hold on to the marriage, I did not do a very good job of enforcing boundaries because I just had no idea how to do that in marriage and be successful at it. And it finally got to a point where I just had enough. And I felt like that I had given my all and I really just didn't have anything left to give in the marriage with my efforts. There were some choices that had been made that I felt like did not give me the option. And so with that, I decided to basically start taking my own life back And rebuilding myself back up and living the life every bit of the way that I want to. Because as I started doing some self-reflection, some introspection, I realized, number one, there was a lot of things that I let slide. But number two, because I was trying to hold on to this facade or this vision of what a marriage looked like or how a couple was supposed to be who believed in God and believed in his reconciliation power, that they simply were not supposed to get divorced. But I did get divorced, and that's part of what I didn't tell you in the story. And what you're basically doing is following me on this journey as I, number one, transition back to single life, But also number two, do the self-reflection, do the introspection, live this life the way that I want to live it unapologetically, which is why you keep hearing all of these episodes about being authentic, all these episodes about being the strong woman, all these episodes about healing from grief, these episodes about healing from yoga, and just everything has been about self and how we can work on it. And even where my buddy Sam came on and he talked about dating relationships, dating advice that he would give to his daughter because I do believe that he really gave some really great advice. And I wish that some of that was information that 
I would have known it would have allowed me to make some smarter or better decisions. And at the end of the day, it could have had the ability to save my marriage or at least make it to the point where I felt that it would be reconcilable. So that's what I'm inviting you on. It's a, it's literally, I'm inviting you into my world. I'm inviting you into the lessons that I've learned the hard way, the things that I want you to avoid. I mean, this is essentially the evolution of Takara Rene. That's what this is, the evolution of Takara Rene. And I know a lot of times we as women, we go through this process and sometimes we don't even get comfortable in our own skin until we're 30 or until we're 40. And if I can get you comfortable in your own skin earlier than that, or even if you've been struggling trying to get comfortable in your own skin, let's take this journey together. It has certainly been an eye-opening experience for me because there was a lot of things that I just held myself back from. And it was just because Like I said, I was trying to be out here. I was trying to be the perfect sister, the perfect daughter, the perfect wife, the perfect friend. There was everything that I was trying to do perfect. But if you're doing everything perfect, that means that there's no room for improvement. And we always have room to grow when we always, always, always have room for improvement. So definitely join me on this journey. And with that, I decided to change up a few things for the podcast. And I absolutely cannot wait for you to see some of the things that I have in store for season two. So I will be coming back with some fresh episodes in the second week of October. And I will come back stronger and better than when I started. This truly has been a labor of love for me starting in this podcasting realm I have definitely learned a lot. I've learned a, a <laughs> tongue tied. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot from the guests that I have brought on. I've learned a lot from friends. I've even learned a lot just from the feedback that some of you have given me and I appreciate it so much because at least I know I'm not on this journey alone and I know that some of you have been here before And I know that some of you are just kind of following right along with me and taking notes. And I am so, so, so appreciative of that. So with that being said, this is the season finale. So now you know my whole story, you know my why, and you know where we're going. And that's the important thing. You know where we're going. Now to keep up with me, of course, you can continue to follow me on Instagram at Takara underscore Renee to see what I've been up to. Now I'm gonna tell you in advance, I am spending some much needed time with family in August. So you won't hear from me too much in August, but you will definitely see me more active on Instagram in September. So again, I thank y'all so much. I truly, truly, I thank you so much for supporting me during this time. I thank you so much for supporting me during this transition. And I just look forward to y'all joining me for season two. Because let me tell you, your girl is coming out strong in season two. 
And so I hope y'all are ready. I hope y'all join me on this ride. Join me on this transition. Join me on this evolution. Join me on this rediscovery of Takara Renee, the powerhouse that she is, the one who had not been stepping up to the plate. Because can I tell y'all for a long time, I cannot even stand the sound of my own voice. The sound of my own voice. Because I was teased about it so much, I could not stand the sound of it. I don't know what was going through my ears, but I just, I, it, it was like nails on a chalkboard for me to hear the sound of my own voice. But I've gotten over that. This was fairly recently. <laughs> it was fairly, when I tell you fairly recently, I mean about the time that I started this podcast is when the time that I could truly stand to hear my own voice. But even when I put out that trailer episode, I was struggling. I was really struggling. So again, that's some of the things that we will talk about too, is just embracing who you are, embracing your uniqueness and not hiding or shrinking back because of some negative seed that somebody planted in your life. Because we're gonna uproot all of that. We're gonna get rid of all of that. We're going to get rid of all of that in season two. So stay tuned, all right? So one more time for the people in the back, this is the season one finale and I will be back the second week of October. The dates that I come back may change as far as me dropping an episode on a Monday, but I definitely will be back the second week of October. I love you guys. Thank you so much again. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast and until next time bye